Welcome back to Simon and Whiten, the podcast at the nexus of media, politics, business, and anything else we like to talk about. I'm Christian Whiten, and joining me always is Mark Simon. Mark, say hello. Hello, everybody. Happy, Merry, okay. happy holidays, because we're getting that right. <laughs> happy holidays. Too, too early for a Merry Christmas. But You remember what, uh, on 30 Rock, uh, Jack Donaghy, Alec Baldwin, and uh, his, his right-wing girlfriend, they had a... Uh, they had a, a Christmas card. It actually said, happy holidays, dot, dot, dot. You open it. It says, is what terrorists say. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then below that, it said, Merry Christmas. You always, want, you always wonder if everybody in that show was actually really closet conservatives, Tina Fey and all of them, you know, but they just didn't know what to do. They just didn't know what to do with other things. You know what I'm saying? And so... And so it's just, uh, it's just, they just didn't have any, I'm sorry to my dog again. They just had, they just had no idea what to, uh, they had no idea, you know, how to get out of the politically correct woke stuff of Hollywood, you know, even though, even though Baldwin, before he shot somebody could have, again, he could have like done anything he wanted in the business. So just have to see. Yeah. It was like Carol O'Connor almost in his ability to, uh, parody something that he disapproved with but you know didn't uh, hate uh you know did it did it well actually and of course talking about carol o'connor doing archie bunker even though he himself yeah and then he did then he did, then, liberal. then he did the uh then he did the uh that in the heat of the night remember that sheriff's thing he had that ran for a long time where yeah. he was that he was the old southern wise sheriff you know what i'm saying i mean that's you know that that was probably closer to his personality but anyway we'll keep going let's go let's go let's go on i'm sorry okay um, speaking of uh, someone who's not uh, a closet conservative, Jamie Dimon, the boss of J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, so he says something funny. He Huts. said he said this in Hong Kong. We're not sure if he actually did. We'll take his word for it. Well, maybe, maybe not. He said he that he was joking that, gee, it's the uh, 100th anniversary. I, th- I don't know if he said China. It's actually the Chinese Communist Party. They didn't take power for another 20 plus years, 25 years, 26 years. Um, but he said it's also J.P. Morgan's, and I think J.P. Morgan might be around longer than the Chinese Communist Party. Generally not something you say in polite company in China and increasingly in Hong Kong. Gets yeah. back within a day, within one day, they had him walk that back and say, well, uh, you know, we should be careful about commenting on politics in other country. Okay to criticize America, not okay to criticize China. Walked it back twice. The first time, all right. Second time, an absolute grovel, but also tried to hide behind Asian hate. In other words, how we shouldn't criticize other groups and organizations as if the Chinese Communist Party is somehow like, you know, the uh, North Bronx Chinese American Association or something like that. I mean, it is it was disgusting. But let, let me tell you, here's my unique take on it. My unique and very odd take on it is is that he failed in leadership he completely failed he made the joke he blew it okay now first of all just as you know having some decency as a man or a woman but having some decency (laughs) basically why would you shine the shoes of the chinese communist party so that's the that's the basis but then take that and look what he did he basically Apologized once, did the massive cow towel laid prostrate shoe shine in the second one, 
had those messages going out throughout the company, of course, all the all the shoe shiners in China, you know, who work for him and JP Morgan out there telling everybody he didn't mean it. Oh, he blew it. What if he'd have done this? And this would have been much better. What if he would have just actually said, I resign, I'm leaving, I'm done. Don't apologize. Don't say anything. Just leave and resign. How many more years does he have there? Maybe two? Wasn't he supposed to be in his last year, last year and a half? How much more time does he have? Okay. He doesn't have much time in there. But what he did was not so much to himself. He's a putz. He is the guy who his grandchildren will know. This is my father. This is my grandfather who basically bent down and kissed ass with the Chinese Communist Party for money. In other yeah, words, exactly. as wealthy as wealthy as he is, what's he worth? Maybe $300, $400 million minimum, maybe four or $500 million. Come on, he's not like he's making bad investments. You know, I mean, so he's making all that money. He's rich, he's loaded. But here's the point. If he would have just resigned, not said a word, resigned, left, three things would have happened. First of all, J.P. Morgan could have thrown him under the bus, okay, which is what they needed to do. You could have thrown him completely under the bus. Everybody could go around and look at China and say, we are so offended by what he did, we fired his ass. He's gone, okay? What's the next thing that would have happened? The CCP really didn't want this fight. You saw they didn't really want it. You know, they didn't want to have another fight with a major, major U.S. investment bank. So the right. CCP, this would have been great for them. They would have had a scalp. They could have went through all of China and say, show how powerful we are. We got rid of this guy. However, what Jamie Dimon would have had was he would have had his dignity, which if you're worth four or five hundred million dollars and that's does he care about anything else? What is he looking for? He goes, oh, I have to protect J.P. Morgan. Well, he failed in that. He didn't protect J.P. Morgan. He completely failed in that. J.P. Morgan, because he's still sitting there, is now exposed. They could have yeah. wiped the slate with him, got rid of him, moved on. Well, and he's someone he had, incidentally, <clears throat> according to the internet, which is citing Forbes as a source, uh, it worth two billion, one point nine billion. So yes, he's played this card right. But so here's someone who's rich, and uh, I was going to say healthy. He had a near death experience. He had some heart situation. I think it was yeah. back. And he's on the phone with his doctor, who said, "You don't have time for an ambulance. Get in a cab. Gets uh, to the hospital. Is saved." So you've had your near death experience. You got two billion in the bank. Good looking guy. Uh, famous. Um, really, you know, the world is your oyster to the extent that most people I'll, can't. I'll, even bet, I'll bet money. He, I'll bet money he didn't take a cab to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there wasn't a cab going to the hospital. You uh, know. I'm sure there is. A, but, uh, yes. I'm sure there was a, a limo with a, a, a SUV knocking. Through that. But you're right. The whole point here is, and, you know, I just got to tell you something. At a certain point in time, look, it kind of happened to me or it did happen to me. You know what I'm saying? You just had to make a decision. What are you going to do? All right. I'm not going to play this game. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to. I mean, I apologize to the Apple Daily people. And I, I was worried about the people that I put in tr put in jeopardy a while ago. It's it's a long story, but I had an issue and I resigned. And I'll tell you what, it was the most freeing thing I ever did. And guess what? I'm back. I'm still there. You know what? Because I put the company, I put the people, and I put everybody else above myself. I'm not looking for a medal, but the advice that I got from a friend who told me to do that, okay, was the best advice I ever got. I mean, it literally 
that advice was, it wasn't write it out. A lot of people said, write it out. You'll be okay. He said, no, just get out. He said, don't, he said, don't give them anything to swing at. Don't give them anything. And Jamie Dimon should have done that. And you know what? He's worth $2 billion. What the hell else is he going to do? Now he's going to spend the rest of his life basically walking in rooms. And hopefully if I'm there, I'll heckle him. I would. I would. Five seconds. If Jamie Dimon was walking across, if I saw him anywhere, I'll never see him in an airport because we know he doesn't fly commercial. But if I ever saw that guy, I would heckle the shit out of him. I would scream, hey, you're still you're still kowtowing to China. And just and, and, and the thing is, is like, you know, you know, a guy like that, he'd probably come back and say something to you. But, you know, that would be under his skin for like the next 48 hours, 72 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, you know? I can't imagine a lot of people talk back to him uh, in the, the C-suite. At, uh, I, I, I would I, if, I, if I ever if I ever go back on Fox Business or ever go back on CNBC or any of them, I am going to I am going to taunt him. I'm going to do it. I hope bookers don't watch this show, but I'm going to do it. Because you know what? He failed. He failed. I'm not a shareholder of J.P. Morgan, but he failed. That's his charge. His job is to protect J.P. Morgan. He failed that and he failed the other thing. And I'm telling you, now they own his ass. You know it's what I'm saying? It's unclear to me how much money these people are making in China. Of course, they don't break it out in their quarterly or annual reports. Um, maybe but, more than but, nothing. But, but, but the thing is, that. but the thing is, to me, the whole thing is it's getting back to it. The way he protects those people is he leaves. Yeah, he gets the he gets to let them tell the story. But it's just a failure all the way around, and I I think it's horrible. And the problem is, I hate to say it, even some of the people on Fox I was watching, oh, you know, he had to do it. No, he didn't have to do it. He's worth two billion dollars. He's got fu money. What's the purpose of having fu money if you don't say fu? Right. He tells everybody, I'm in. He said it before. Oh, you know, I'm independent. I don't need the money. I do. Then what do you do it for? What are you, Fauci? Eight, you're some 80 year old guy who wants to control the medical world? Come on. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty pathetic, actually, when you think about it's it. It's awful. Um, it's, it's pathetic. You know and what he should do is he should, uh, he should, he should leave and, and tell people he's going to run for the Democrat primary in 24. That will, that would make progressive heads explode. That would be enjoyable. But uh. you know what? Here's the funny thing about it. Because of what he's done here, every time he comes out and makes some public pronouncement, some jerk like me is going to remind everybody that this guy kowtows and laid prostrate in front of the commies. Right. He's done. You're done. You're, you're, yeah. you're finished. You're finished. No, just, this is what he will be remembered for most of all. <clears throat> all That's right. right. Stick, stick a little bit with Asia, although this is a global phenomenon. We're learning more about Greek letters than any of us have since college yeah. uh, fraternities. <clears throat> Omicron, the new uh, Wu flu, China virus, coronavirus, whatever we want to call it, um, strain. Uh, causing a freak out, causing oil prices, and I'm long on oil, to decline significantly, talking 10% in one day. Uh, they bounced back a little bit early uh, in the week. Um, airline stocks got hit. Israel closed. Japan closed. Uh, Australia closed. <laughs> and, and this is before we have any actual data. Uh, the tidbits of information we have from the doctor who treated these people in South Africa was that it was unusually mild uh, and transient. And um, <clears throat> there were hospitalizations, but uh, partly that was because they, they affected younger people who were more likely to be hospitalized by parents. <clears throat> and Are there dead body bodies all over South Africa that somebody's <laughs> missing? 
I mean, yeah. it's like not, it's not because of this. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know, maybe we got a tire around them or something like that burning. But <laughs> I mean, you know, the simple fact of the matter is, let's be blunt. I mean, the one thing that we can never really hide here, and we kind of learned that in New York City. I mean, one of the things when you went back to New York City, I think the thing that really flipped people out was Fox somehow figured out they went back and they had those two refrigerated trucks where they were bringing the bodies. And, mm. you know, they and they had those two guys who I mean, I felt so sorry for them. They were just bringing the bodies out because they couldn't deal with the bodies. So so many bodies were coming in to this. And they were just literally putting the bodies on a forklift. You know, what I'm saying? if you remember that on a thing and just mm, loading terrible. them into the trucks, that's what freaked people out. You know, people were, I mean, that was, that was all the time that, that actually got me. That was a, holy cow, you know, we're loading bodies. And then we went, I think we went to Chicago and had the same scene, New Jersey, a couple of places had the same scene. You know, my son was a volunteer fireman here. Uh, the chief of the fire department said, no, no volunteers under the age of 18 are going to participate in this. And somebody said, why? And he said, just, you know, it's not going to happen because it's just, it's too, too gruesome. But we count bodies. I mean, the media, it's the one thing we're still pretty good at is counting bodies. I haven't seen this massive explosion of bodies in South Africa. And this thing's been, this thing's been active down there for at least, what I read in Reuters, at least the last 45 days. Yeah. So, yeah, for it to filter up in, in our numbers. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, too, is it's like, in fairness to South Africa, unlike China, South Africa let everybody know about it. They have yeah. got an incredibly solid, I mean, they're kind of the, you know, they're kind of the you know, canary in the coal mine for all of sub-Saharan Africa, you know, in terms of diseases and all these things. They went out there and then I watched this woman on the BBC. She goes, yeah, it's pretty mild, which <laughs> magically a couple of people said, well, yeah, that's what happens. It gets more and more mild. So what do we do? Uh, Joe basically bans you know, Africans from coming here, you know what I'm saying? Much, much like, you know, you know, Trump's Muslim band or whatever that was. Right. And, and so it's just, which and, included and just, North Koreans and Venezuelans, but this one actually is all blacks or black yeah, countries. Majority no, countries it's, so. it's, it's, it is, it is just, it is amazing to me what has happened with, with the white liberals, the best editorial in the wall street <laughs> journal. And I know sometimes we take shots, was the editorial that was done the other day where they basically did the death count, where Biden said, you can't be president with this many dead people. You know, my brother actually, went, he goes, okay, Biden's going to kick back on that. So let's take it 100 days out and then give him another 50 days. So 150 days from when he became president, let's start adding up the bodies. Biden still has a higher body count yeah, than yeah, Trump. No, so in other yeah. words... 150 days after he was president, let's start the number. Biden has a higher body count. And people go, well, it's lasted longer. No, it's been about the same amount of time. It's impossible it's, to look at Joe Biden without uh, thinking of mortality. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, if we say Joe Rogan, somebody will say that I'm taking invectamine or horse medicine. But, you know, one of the reasons why you see Rogan does so well is he's basically been saying what a lot of people are saying now about our president is that he may not all be there. You know, and I'm, I, I don't like yeah, that. I don't, I don't like that. It, why would we like that? But, right. you know, the, I, I really think the president, you know, he moved so quickly on this. He didn't really think it through. 
We haven't really seen anything. And I think they freaked people out. Now, just real quick, what stock should you buy? Logistics companies. Any logistics company, any logistics company that can control space. That's not all of them. But if you're looking at air freight, air freight companies, DHL, FedEx, somebody like that, they have their own aircraft. They're going to be packed full because the passenger guys may even slow down even more. In Asia, look at some of the container shipping companies. They're hard to buy. In Taiwan, Wanhai, um, Wanhai Yangming, Evergreen, they got P&Es of four because they're just throwing <laughs> out cash. And they're probably, okay. as, as, as mathematically that implies, because they have a price to earnings ratio, they're, they're, they're in the, the uh, black. It's, um, yeah. There was an article and, and, that, that there's a boutique airline in Taiwan that's losing money. Then I was shocked that China Airlines, which is actually Taiwanese character, it's very confusing, and um, Ava are, are actually making money despite that country being closed. That just shows how much you can make on cargo. Well, yeah, I mean, th these, these guys, I mean, one of the things is, well, you know, I was in Taiwan recently and a guy from Eva Air told me that uh, essentially they've actually taken a couple of planes. They've, they've made runs with, you know, with basically putting cargo like in the passenger section, you know, just like flying it wherever they're flying to, the, wherever they're going to, the labor is cheap enough. That they're just putting pass, they're just filling up the plane in the top part. You know, they can just walk it on there and put it on there in a couple of the times. Now, I don't think they fill the whole plane with it, but that tells you, you know, how much freight rates are. You know, and I just I just sent a DHL package back to Taiwan. It was an envelope. It was $66, and it's going to be four days. That's almost a third higher than I usually pay. You know, so, so, so business is good, but look for logistics companies that control space. That's my attitude to people. Look for people who can, can warehousing companies, anybody like that who controls space. Watch out. Don't go for somebody who's just like a, a SAS company or somebody like that. They'll be, they'll be doing well, but if they don't control space, they're not going to be able to make money. In other words, you know, the shipping lines own the space. The air, the air freight cargo guys own the space, and some of the big freight forwarders own the space. Problem is a lot of the stuff's in private equity hands too. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah. But, 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 well, to, it, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's a way to go. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm done. A couple of things I grabbed. Uh, these are speculative wussy bets, but I had some oil. Uh, I think oil long-term uh, is probably heading close to hundred. That's very long-term. Um, but I think the demand is there. The transition uh, to, a, to electric cars and sunshine and bunnies and windmills is going to take a lot longer <laughs> than people think. Um, anyway, oil down at 70. I think it'll be back up at 80 pretty quickly. We'll hear later this week if OPEC Plus is going to slow down. They're fairly modest increases, uh, resumption of full capacity back up to pre-COVID levels. You know, Biden was complaining that they're not going fast enough. They may actually slow down. They're going to wait and see this week. Um, but there are two ETFs there. One is USO, which is closer to sort of the spot price um, of oil. Of course, you don't want to buy actual contracts of oil and have to take possession of however many thousands of gallons of oil you, you have options on. Mm -hmm. So the ETF um, trades in close-in options. One I do, I do invest in is USL, which actually is more like year-out uh, contracts, um, so it's a little less susceptible to spot prices. Also, 
Uh, the only annoying thing with those is they give you a K-1 every year. So if you can hold them in a retirement account, that is much better. So you don't have to um, yeah. deal with it on your tax return. The other thing I jumped into is SkyWest. Uh, when airlines tanked, I thought, uh, you know, at the beginning of the coronavirus crisis, I thought, okay, these guys are going to get bailed out. There's no way they're going out of business. It's like a cigarette company. It's impossible to put them out of business because you can't advertise cigarettes. If I want to challenge Philip Morris come up with a better product of Marlboro. I just can't market it. It's illegal. Yeah. Um, similarly, airlines, they can't go out of business. The government's going to bail them out every time. <laughs> so, and in particular with SkyWest, they make such high margins flying people sort of the last mile, the last one or two, 300 miles uh, in the West. Uh, you know, if you look, when I fly from rural Colorado to Washington, D.C., and I look at the ticket, SkyWest sometimes gets more than United does just for the little hop to Denver. Um, so they've, uh, they haven't popped back up in early trading this week, but I have confidence, uh, confidence they will. It's, it's a good bet. I mean, it's, it's a good bet. I mean, look, domestic travel is, I was, I just flew down from, uh, Purdue today, you know, before I came in, um, I got there a little bit early. I tried to get on an early flight. It didn't happen. Lo and behold, went over, was sitting in the place having some, you know, having some uh, a salad. Believe it or not, <laughs> had a salad. Why was I having the salad? I was having the salad because the place that I was going to was out of all the meats. They didn't have any of the meats. They said they hadn't gotten a delivery since Thursday. And the weekend was so busy. They usually don't get a delivery until Tuesday. But they were so busy in the airport on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that they sold out. And sitting beside me were two women from who were working at United who were at the counter and they tried to help me and we started talking. They said the planes are packed. I got on the plane today. The plane was packed. Uh, two, uh, the, I, when you went down there, the plane to Denver from, from Indianapolis, packed. Plane to L.A., packed. Plane to Newark, packed. People are moving around. People are flying. People are going places. The most interesting thing I found was there was a lot of Europeans who were connecting through. They're coming to the U.S. for vacation. Mm. Yes, because they don't have to. They don't have to do things. And they were they were so funny. There were these older French people. I ended up helping them. You know, up to the, my mother's was in the back of my head. That was I was helping these older French people up the uh, up the up the way. You know, they were literally it was one of those things pushing up the gangway on the thing was a little bit hard on them. And so I was talking to them, and they were telling me how much they enjoyed it. I don't know how much fun it was. They had gone on a tour of farms in the Midwest. They were French farmers. Hmm. And I, all, I was think, all I was thinking to myself, I should have made friends with these people like no tomorrow. Could you imagine going to visit them in France, the food you'd get? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it would have been incredible. But they, they, were, they had come over. They were all in their late 60s, early 70s, maybe. And they had come over and there was like 16 of them, eight, eight couples. And I was talking to them on the way up and I helped. I had I had time to kill after my, my flight got in and I was talking to them and they were so nice. But they came to America and I asked them, aren't you worried about COVID? And they go, oh, no, no, we're, America's fine. We just wear a mask. Everything's wonderful here. You know, we think it's fine. We're all vaccinated. We don't care. And, you know, then one woman said was the key. She said, you can just move around so much easier in the Midwest and the South. <laughs> so in other words, they weren't interested in going to L.A. or New York. I mean, and so I'm going like, all right, farm tourism. That's a pretty neat thing. That's, but, that's but a my, great idea, right? They but, don't need to see my, the needles of the bums. No, but that's, that's right. But, I mean, but the point is, is like 
people are doing things. People are moving. So you got to find investments that people are doing things in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, every weekend, look at college football. I mean, my God, Michigan, you know, Michigan beat Ohio State. You know, there was 120,000 people on the stadium jumping up and down. Do you think anybody goes, oh, my God, the African virus? I, I just have visions of like, I hate to use the word Karen, but Karen's sitting at home, you know, in under their under their pillows going, these people are murderers going to football games. They're going to kill us all. And I'm going like, well, you know, at least we're going to have a good time on the way out the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, what the hell? That's a good perspective. Uh, okay. We have a couple of uh, Go Woke, Go Broke I, I, uh, this week. Um, let's start. So the University of Tennessee at Knoxville um, offered to reinstate a professor who's acquitted of federal charges that he had accused. He was, basically, he was accused of hiding his relationship with the Chinese university while receiving NASA research grants. Acquitted. And, um, you know, now uh, apparently reinstated uh, at, uh, at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. What do, you, what do you make of that? The New York Times well, report it, on it. Well, first of all, I, 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 don't like the re- I don't like the report. My first problem is, is first of all, um, the reporter was sitting in Taiwan who did it. This was obviously an emotional issue for the reporter. You're sitting in Taiwan. You're writing this story. Here's the point. The problem that I'm having with this is once again... Once again, elites, the elites think that they are above the law. Look, this guy was taken to trial. There was a heavy investigation on him. Um, The first trial ended in a hung jury. You know what a hung jury means? It means that there were people on the jury who thought there was something there. All right. So it's like Bob Menendez. It was just one juror that uh, that that led to a hung. (laughs) It's a hung. And and what and what is and what does the New York Times say? Oh, well, you know, we. We, the one juror said these charges are ridiculous. Yeah, that's the one juror that acquitted. Now, maybe it was seven jurors that acquitted in five. We don't know the numbers, but we do know that there was enough there to go. Secondly, I'm just getting tired of this whole narrative that from the George Bush regime all the way, I should say regime, the George regime, all the way through <laughs> Obama and now with Biden, that somehow there is this anti-Chinese academic monstrous, you know, schism inside the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security meant to ferret out, you know, these Chinese, these Chinese, these Chinese professors and academics. Look, here's what we know. We know one thing. We know the Chinese Communist Party. I I don't like Ray. I'm not a big FBI fan on everything. But we know that they say that almost every 10 hours or, or like two or three times a day, they are opening espionage cases with guess who? China. Okay. Who do the Chinese target? What do we know that? They target Chinese because that's what they can use. They're looking for leverage. They're looking for things. This, you got a cousin in China. You got a mother in China. You got a brother in China. You want to help the Chinese people? What is it? Whatever it is, let's, you know, this, let's go look at it. My point being is, I think that Doctor Who, he was acquitted by the judge. I think he should be reinstated. Unfortunately, he's a Canadian citizen, so now he's having some visa problems, okay? Can't do anything about that, but I think we should probably have a charitable, a charitable attitude towards him. But the university fired him, so they must have seen something there. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody was looking. How do we, we, don't, we don't know all the details, 
But when you read the story, when it's again, it's the same thing. You're not allowed. The FBI is not allowed to go after Chinese elites. Not allowed to do it. Now, if there's some Chinese trader in Rancho Cucamonga, California, okay, who's, <laughs> who's buying trans, I love that place, buying transistors and shipping them to China, you don't see the New York Times taken up for them. This is all about elites protecting elites. And guess who they quote in there? My favorite, the Committee of 100. The Committee of 100 is, was started by Ronnie Chan, a pro-Beijing yeah. lackey who happens to hold an American passport. The Committee of 100 is avowedly pro-Beijing. They mm -hmm. are friendly with the regime. Why would Amy Quinn from the New York Times put them in there? Oh, well, they did a study with the University of Arizona. Yeah, they paid some guy at the University of Arizona to do a study that they knew it was going to say. This is, it's getting ridiculous. But here's my bottom line. I have Chinese kids. I am incredibly worried that essentially we are sitting in a situation where, look, it's getting really nasty with China. And what, what all these elites forget, because they can't believe that they'd ever be put in this spot, is that there is going to be a time when you're going to have to make a decision whether you're going to be, you know, you, then you're going to have to you're going to have to pick your side. It's going right. to happen. And it's right. not going to be the U.S. that forces you to do it. It's going to be China. Yeah. And that's my that's my whole problem with this. The FBI. All right. If they're overzealous, it happens in police investigations. We all know it happens. It's on the scale from George Floyd to the cop who gives you a ticket for rolling a stop sign. They make mistakes. Some of those mistakes are not innocent mistakes. OK, but considering the track record of what we're getting in Chinese American spies and over and Chinese who are coming here and what we know, let's look at it this way. It's the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP and the Ministry of State Security and all the other Chinese intelligence organs that are targeting Chinese in the United States. All the FBI is doing is cleaning it up. In other words, yeah. that's all that's happening here. And I think we have to get away from this every single time some guy is a professor and he's like, because that that's the whole article is basically, how dare you? I have never. That's the whole article is, how dare you? I've never. That's the whole that's your whole position. It's like, I can't believe that I'm being stopped here. But like I said, that guy who's shipping transistor parts from California, I don't hear anything. For, I don't hear anything from The New York Times for them. You know, so it's right. just it's just it's well, just bogus. Right. And you're right that it's pernicious to a friend who's a senior trade official for uh, city of Los Angeles. And he told me once uh, in a meeting with a Chinese official that the Chinese official made sure that he knew that the official knew his parents who were from Hong Kong in 1997 chose the British overseas passport, not the Chinese passport, not the PRC passport. Uh, and eventually, I think that led to their immigration to the United States. Um, but just that sort of in your face, we own you, you know, you did something I, that uh, we don't like. And, uh, you know, because he has a fam because he has a family member who is still goes in and out of China on business. I know a guy who like five years ago was in the, was in an administration position. I won't tell people which administration. And he said the Chinese came to him and said, said to him, you know, we know who your father is and he, we know he lives in China 
and we need to get some cooperation from you or we're going to have some problems. He looked at him and said, my mother and my stepfather were married before they left China. They were, he was, they divorced. My real father has never been done anything for me, has never done anything for our family, has no connection with us whatsoever. I don't know the guy. The only thing that's ever happened is he went to my grandmother and tried to rip her off for money all the time. And he said, he's, and he told the guy, he said, you have no leverage over me. Let's not even get, let's not even st start that. And he got up and he walked away and he said when he when he just left and he said he didn't look back he didn't look anything and he said he's never heard from him again and he knows a number of other chinese guys i know guys in the valley i mean i went to something about two years ago before jimmy was there there was like a security thing in the valley i went to open open that they target chinese americans and target overseas chinese absolutely open just like the russians target russians and frankly just like some of the indians target india do you know what i'm saying i mean you know it's i don't know why everybody's so remember the filipino that filipino guy back in the bush administration who was targeting the marine he got those marine filipino guys in the bush administration to do something at the white house i can't remember it's always the ethnic connection it's the strongest connection there is but I'm just losing my mind over the New York Times yeah. with like, how dare right. you? Well, they'll always go into the woke channel, no matter no matter what. Uh, quickly coming down the home stretch here, two final uh, go woke go broke things: Jonah Goldberg and Steve Hayes um, fed at the trough of Fox News for a very long time. They were never Trumpers. Uh, they were seldom correct, it seems, in their political predictions. They made a big huff of leaving. Fox News, supposedly because of Tucker Carlson's recent special on Fox Nation about the January 6 riots and incarceration of people involved or not involved. Um, they actually hadn't seen the production because it wasn't out by the time they uh, arranged for this broad coverage of their leaving Fox News in a huff. And as it turns out, they already had word that their contracts were not going to be renewed. So this was basically just resigning a month early uh, and trying to milk it and saying that uh, what Tucker does is going to lead to violence and uh, they're above that. I was thinking, though, I mean, Steve Hayes, and this, uh, name the campaign that they have been a part of. Name the senior official that they have advised. I mean, their track record is terrible and their CV isn't that impressive. They're on TV, at least they were. <laughs> I mean... Why do we listen to people like this? You know, I think once you're on TV, you know, people think, I mean, it's get it's going away. You know, I mean, you used to be on TV and everybody go, oh, my God, you're on TV. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I was in Hong Kong back in the uh, early 2000s, if I appeared on the predecessor of CNBC or did one of the other shows. Oh, Mark, we saw you. Everybody saw you. And now if I do a TV show, if like you say, hello, I'm, I'm impressed that somebody actually saw it. Um, <laughs> I think it does matter for people who have experience like yourself, like a lot of Steve Yates, like a lot of people we know, Mary Kissel, um, other people. I mean, you know, Bill McGurn, um, um, you know, and even, you know, Urza Klein. I mean, other people who we who, who have been there. Look, my, my thing with Hayes and, and, and these guys is essentially D.C. has always had a bit of a grift to it. We always know that. But they always kind of stayed in the background. 
you know, Hayes and they're claiming they have 30,000 subscribers. I doubt it from what somebody told me. They said they think that's probably high. But imagine they're getting 30,000 subscribers and they're getting that at, you know, uh, 100 bucks a year or something like that. So they're getting 3 million bucks a year. Then they get another two or $300,000 in advertising. I'll bet money they're socking away 500,000 bucks in themselves each. You know, I mean, the weekly standard was a grift when Bill Crystal and, 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 and the other guys ran it. It's just turned into a grift. I mean, and that's what it is. It's that, you know, it, they went out there and, you know, Ben Smith should be pretty pissed off, actually. But the real thing that I'm thinking about is, is that, look, you know, you know, the Fox people. I know some Fox people. These two guys were incredibly unpopular. You know, in other, in other words, you know, Jonah Goldberg, I mean, they just got hate mail over him. People used to, you know, used to go into, I, as soon as that guy comes on, I turn off Brett Baer. And, and who, but who defended them? Brett Baer and some other producers. And then they stick it to him like this. I mean, you know, the Murdochs and all the senior people over there, Susan, whatever her name, I can't remember her name right now, but you know, this, should they remember? All right. This, 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 this was, they, that what they did was, why would you, why, why they're, they're so desperate. They're trying to like punch up, say, you know, we stood up to Tucker and, and that's it. And, and, and I'm with you. I, I have to be honest with you. I, I don't think other than, yeah, they write, both of them are very solid writers, you know what I'm saying? And both of them say very practical, common sense things. And in the age of George Bush and in the age of Mitt Romney, they come off as eminently, eminently wise compared to their uh, left-wing counterparts. But the fact of the matter is, is they're just grifters. It's yeah. a grift. Oh, it feels a lot like Rockefeller Republicans after Rocky himself has turned up uh, <laughs> deceased in a hotel room. Uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of Simon and White, but we'll be back in soon. If you like what you see, if you're watching us on YouTube, please click subscribe and follow us. If you're listening to a podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Good night.